You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? Hello there, listener, dearest listener whom I love so much. How are you doing today? I am good, a little lonely, just Kate me today, all by myself while Megan is out of town visiting her family in Ohio. So the next few episodes are going to be solo jam sessions. I'm giving you full permission to back out of this episode right now if you don't want to hear me talk for 20 to 30 minutes, but I'm telling you, you are going to miss out on some great information if you sign off. Because today I'm sharing with you guys a systematic method to meal planning. Not just meal prepping, but meal planning, because you can't prep without the plan, all right? Lots of P's here. And the inspiration for this episode actually came from a solution that me and one of my daily accountability, my DAP clients came up with. And I wanna give you a little bit of backstory because if you can relate to this DAP client's struggles, this podcast is really gonna help you out. So when she and I had our initial consultation, she made it pretty clear that she knew she could stick to something healthy, but her problem was being consistent and making sure that she knew what she was going to eat and having meals planned and prepped. She had had success in the past when she meal prepped, but for some reason just lost motivation. So after talking every day for a few days, we uncovered the real root cause of why she couldn't stay consistent. It wasn't her willpower. It wasn't anything wrong with her. It was her stress around meal planning. And this stress stemmed from two different obstacles. The first was her husband. He didn't always want to eat what she wanted to eat. So if she had maybe planned a meal and he didn't like a big ingredient of that meal, then she wouldn't even make it and she would settle for whatever he wanted. And unfortunately, he always wanted to eat out or order in. And those foods weren't in line with what she needed to be eating to reach her goals. It was a lot of Italian and Mexican order in, Uber Eats, the whole shebang. And the other obstacle was she would plan out to buy all these ingredients for a certain recipe or recipes, but forget something and then talk herself out of even making the recipe she had planned because she forgot, you know, a key ingredient or whatever she thought was a key ingredient. And maybe she thought the food wouldn't taste good and her husband wouldn't like it if, you know, her tacos didn't have the pico de gallo or the guacamole, whatever it was. So she would just say, okay, I'll make this later that week when I can go back to the store and tonight we'll just throw together whatever we have or per usual order in. And when we did a little bit of digging, we saw that, okay, she's got these two obstacles and both of them lead back to the stress around meal planning and not having an organized system to ensure that not only will her husband like what she is planning to cook, but if he doesn't, then she's got easy options and easy ingredient swaps that she can make simultaneously without taking a lot of effort. That way he got what he wanted and she would get what she needed. 
and to make sure she wasn't missing ingredients, to make sure she never found herself in a position where she did not have ingredients to follow her planned recipes. So I'm going to share with you guys the five steps that we put together for her. It will help you get some insight on your own meal planning system and perhaps give you some inspiration on how you can tweak it. But before we get into that, I want to share with you guys today's sponsor for the episode. And guys, if you've listened to a few episodes before, y'all already know we're our own sponsor here at Nutrition Awareness. So we sponsor ourselves. Is that pathetic or cool? I don't know. Let me know. But our sponsor is not just us. It's actually our daily accountability program. So that client I was just telling you about, she was a DAP client. DAP is the Daily Accountability Program for short. Here's what it is. The DAP program is a 30-day accelerator to help you get clear on what your goal is. It's not enough just to say you want to be healthier, you want to lose weight. You know, you've done that a million times, it doesn't work, you don't really know where you're going. So we help you get super duper specific on what you're working towards. And then we help you come up with a plan and help you implement the actions that you need to take to get there. And then we hold you accountable to those actions based on your own lifestyle, your own diet, your own preferences. It's very personalized and it helps you build the foundation for a healthy lifestyle. So we not only help you figure out what you're working towards and what you need to do to get there, but we make sure you actually follow through. No more falling off the wagon after two weeks and you you stay consistent. It's 30 days long, but you can do as many cycles as you want. We have some clients who have their habits nailed. They thrive after just 30 days and other people that want to continue it on a little bit for several months to make sure that they, I had one client actually say it, um, they had the training wheels. He said they're like the training wheels. So before he took the training wheels off, he did it for a few months. So it just depends on the client. Essentially, throughout the DAP program, we are going to help you take the guesswork out of what you should be doing to achieve your health and weight loss goals and holding you accountable every single day for those 30 days. We ensure you stay consistent with the action steps we discuss at the beginning of your DAP cycle. This means you have zero excuses to give up. We won't let you give up. (laughs) We might help you reevaluate your action plan and we might help you reevaluate your goals, but you're never going to give up. And when there are little mess ups and lapses throughout your health journey, which there's going to be, there always are, it's part of the learning process, we will be there on your screen to help you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and keep moving forward. When you join DAP, we'll help you overcome your biggest daily struggles when it comes to healthy eating. Some of the common practices we teach our current and past DAP clients include how to overcome cravings for snacks, salt, sugar proper portion control, how to make time for meal planning and prepping, staying on track during weekends or if you travel for work, we know that's hard, balancing fun foods with nutritious meals and staying hydrated. And as many health nuts know, it's not only about the food, right? Changing your life and improving your health means you have to put in work at all different angles. And we'll help you identify which areas in your day-to-day routine to focus on, including exercise or physical activity, stress management, sleep, that's a huge one, and emotional eating. See, DAP is so unique because we really take the time to know and understand your habits 
and your vision and your struggles. We're there to talk you through the hard times and cheer you on through the victories throughout your DAP cycle. In fact, some feedback a client shared with me about our DAP process was how she feels like she's talking to a friend because so much of her life is tied up in how she eats. Her childhood, interpersonal relationships, work schedule, special occasions, and even those mundane routines all contributed to her beliefs around food and her body image. And during DAP, it wasn't uncommon for us to open up discussions about how to discover why she eats the way she eats and how to heal any damaged relationships with food. And that's pretty common and across the board with most of our DAP clients if they feel comfortable. So not only will you feel supported, heard, and understood throughout DAP, but you will also transform in more ways than one. But here's the thing you need to hear. We only accept a small number of clients per month for DAP. Why? We want to ensure our DAP clients get what they need. It is an extremely individualized program, and it's very in-depth, so we take a lot of time during the day to take care and love on our people. This is on top of the in-person coaching sessions that we have Monday through Friday, and we want to show them love too, so we can't accept too many people into our program at once. Therefore, we require an application for DAP. We go through each of these applications carefully and only select the clients we think we can help the best. So even if you're just thinking about DAP or you want more information, or maybe you're not sure if DAP is the right program for you or if you should go through our traditional coaching, apply anyway. It's free to fill out an application and it only takes five to 10 minutes. The application can be found on our website at orlandodietitian.com backslash coaching. You just scroll down to the bottom and hit apply for DAP, but I'll be sure to leave that link in the show notes below. Depending on the platform you're listening at, you should be able to just click that little linky link and apply there. Once we've reviewed your application, Megan or I will reach out to you within 24 to 48 hours to invite you to continue the application process or discuss other options. Our goal for all our clients, DAP and traditional alike, is to help them eat for life. That way they can achieve their health and weight loss goals and never have to go on some goofy fad diet ever again. If you are like, yes, nutrition awareness, I want this, I need this, I invite you to pause this podcast and apply for DAP right now. Again, the application is on our website, orlandodietitian.com backslash coaching, or you can go to jotform.com backslash nutrition awareness backslash DAP. We're on all the links, but again, that's in the show notes. We will see you on the application page. Okay, let's get back into today's podcast topic, which is the five steps to systematic meal planning. Meal planning can be really stressful or can be fun. I really believe that when it comes to making any kind of habit related to your health, nutrition, fitness, your mindset is everything. You can decide that something is tedious, boring, and stressful, or you can consciously choose to make it fun and see it as a challenge that gets you closer to your goals and is worth it in the end. So evaluate your language around meal planning and prepping and make some vocabulary swaps if needed to give you a more positive outlook. Step one is the fun part, and this is deciding what you're going to eat for meals and snacks for the week. 
You can pull recipes from our website. We've got tons on our blog, orlandodietitian.com slash blog, and you already know they're nutritionist approved. Or you can get on different blogs from registered dietitians. You can get on Pinterest. You can dive deep in your grandma's old cookbooks, whatever. (laughs) I guess it all just depends on your food preferences and your goals. But the key is to do this first. Decide what you're going to have and then schedule them on a calendar. Now I'm a pen and paper kind of gal and I really recommend people do this because it consciously makes you think about what you're doing and when you write it down, it just sort of sketches in your brain. You can use any old calendar. I would find a blank template online, but we give a specific meal planning calendar to a lot of our clients. So you can get it for free and sent to your email if you go to go.orlandodietitian.com backslash meal plan, and we'll send you a calendar. It's super basic. It's nothing special. It just lists four meals and then a workout planner for all seven days of the week. So depending on how many meals you typically eat per day or meals and snacks you eat per day or what your exercise routine is like, you can easily just find a template on Google or you can make one yourself on Google Docs or Word, Excel, whatever floats your boat. Don't stress out too hard about this, but it is important to have some kind of calendar to write it down. The second part of step one is to look at the serving size of each recipe and consider whether there will be leftovers for you and your family based on what this recipe is telling you. Now this is important because if you are writing your meals in during the week on a calendar, you can plan lunch or dinner the next day based on any perceived or pre-planned leftovers from whatever you're making the night before. So let's say you're making burrito bowls on Monday night and the recipe you found, the recipe you're planning has four servings and you're only feeding two people that night, well then you and that other person can plan on having that for lunch or dinner the next day, or you can have the recipe and only make what's provided in half and have a new recipe the next day. That just depends on your your preference. Also, on the flip side, you can double that recipe. So say you found a recipe that has four servings, but you have a family of four and you want everyone to have lunch again the next day, you can go ahead and double that. So go ahead and write those recipes for the entire week into your calendar. I highly recommend that you write in snacks or snack options in this calendar as well, especially if you do really well with pre-planning snacks. This can help you stop impulse eating, mindlessly snacking or stopping at the vending machine or the gas station, whatever your vice is, if you already know what kind of snacks you're going to have for the week. Step two to the meal planning process is to look at the recipe ingredients from each meal and snack. This is where my type A people are gonna love me and my type B people are going to roll their eyes but I strongly encourage you to write a list of every single ingredient and amount needed to prepare this recipe in no particular order. Just go recipe by recipe and write down how much you need of each ingredient listed. I would recommend writing down every ingredient so you don't miss anything, especially if you're like the client I was talking about before who has a habit of missing spices or key ingredients. Don't assume that you have something, write it down. Yes, it's tedious, but again, if you decide that it's therapeutic and you play some nice music in the background, it can be kind of fun. 
not just my weirdo perspective. <laughs> Step three of the meal planning process is to go through this list while checking your pantry or fridge. If you already have an ingredient on hand, double check that ingredient in your pantry to make sure that you have enough for this recipe or recipes. This is really important with things like stock or spices or rice and, and grains and things like that where you can't exactly see how much you have. But if you write down that for two different recipes, you need a total of three cups of dry brown rice. Well, you can look and see, do I have about three cups of dry brown rice? And if you're not sure, leave it on your list and stock up because those are kinds of things that you wanna have on hand anyway. But if you can confirm that you have that ingredient in stock, in the right quantity, go ahead and cross it off your list. Step four is actually shopping, okay? If you are shopping in a store, I highly recommend you rewrite your list in the order of the store route that you take. I know that I go to about four different grocery stores. Um, I know that seems a little bit crazy, but I have one main grocery store and then I have a few other ones where I get specialty items. And I know those grocery stores like the back of my hand. I know my routine, I know my route. So I will rewrite my list, my scratch list with things that are crossed off and just kind of in a random order based on when I printed my recipes. <laughs> um, and then I will rewrite them in the order of that list. So. I know, for instance, when I go to Publix here, I first walk into the deli section, and if I have anything from the deli, that's going to go first. And then I walk into the produce section, and then I walk by the meat and seafood, I go through my aisles, I go through the frozen, and my last stop is that dairy aisle. So I will rewrite my list in that order. It just helps me. Now, if you are shopping online, I would rewrite the list in order of the categories. So if it's a meat or a seasoning or depending on the online grocery platform that you use, how they categorize their meals, go ahead and rewrite those in the order in which you were just going to drag and drop your ingredients into your shopping cart. Then as you shop, whether this is in person or online, this is step five by the way, cross each item off as you put it in your cart. I'm gonna say it again because it's important. Cross each item off as you put it in your cart. Clap with me, it's like a song. Cross each item as you put it in your cart because how many times have you thought that an item might be in a certain part of the store and it's not and you rewrote it in the order that you were going in and let's say you thought something was going to be in the produce section but it's actually in the aisles and you don't cross it off in your produce section and you're walking through the aisles and you don't pick it up because you just kind of assumed you had everything all ready to go. So at the end, before you go to that cash register, look through your list and make sure everything's been crossed off, everything. And if there's something missing, it's gonna stand out to you because everything else has a line to it. And you can say, oh yeah, I thought that the artichokes would be in the produce section, but actually the canned ones are only in the aisles. Silly me, I'll just zip back through that aisle and grab that canned artichoke because my salad will not be the same without it. Okay, that's important. And as you get more used to this process, you might not need to be crossing every single thing off your list, but I highly recommend it and it just, it makes you feel good. Have you ever made a to-do list and throughout the day you just kind of write things in and cross them out because it feels good? There's just something about striking out an item that makes you feel accomplished. So those are the five steps just to kind of recap them. 
One, decide what you're going to eat and schedule them on a calendar. Step two, look at the recipe ingredients for each meal and write out a list of every ingredient. Step three, check to see what you've already got. Step four, rewrite your list in the order of the store route you take. And then five, cross out each item as you throw it in your cart. But I have some tips that are going to help support these five steps. So if you really want to be sustainable and you don't want to waste food, check what you have on hand before you even pick recipes, which means do step three before you do step one. This can help you use up groceries, produce, etc., before they go bad. And if you're creative, it can spark some ideas on what you want to make. I always recommend that, especially small households, households elevate a few ingredients. What do I mean by elevate a few ingredients? Let me try to illustrate it with an example. Pick at least two recipes that use both the similar ingredient or two. So the example I'm going to use is from our website. You could use the you could pick out a recipe for quinoa, butternut squash, kale and chicken bake and then a black bean butternut squash enchilada. Both of these recipes utilize butternut squash. Then choose at least one ingredient from one of those recipes and use it in a third recipe. So you could use the black beans from the black bean and butternut squash enchilada in a third recipe, which would be salsa chicken and black bean power bowls. Then you can take an ingredient from any recipe for a fourth meal. So I'm gonna take quinoa from that first quinoa butternut squash bake and use it for a quinoa Buddha bowl for a fourth meal. See how elevating just a couple of ingredients can be recycled for completely different meals? It is a power move boss strategy. I, I swear by it. Another tip I have is to consider if you can swap any ingredients in traditional recipes for things you already have. So you don't always have to follow a recipe to a T. For instance, if a recipe is calling for kale, but you've got a ton of spinach, can you use that instead? If your recipe wants pinto beans, but you have a surplus of black beans or navy beans, would it make a big difference to switch those out? Quinoa for rice, or maybe vegetable broth for chicken broth. Just look through your fridge and see if there are easy swaps that won't significantly change the recipe you're making. It doesn't hurt to buy whatever the recipe says if you know it's something you're going to use anyway, but this can just help you use up some of the groceries you've already got. And save that shmoney, baby. I'm all about that. I also recommend that you plan the meals that use a lot of perishable ingredients for the beginning of the week. So if you're making a big salad that's using a lot of produce that isn't coming from cans or frozen aisles, I would make that on Monday and eat the leftovers Tuesday and save your ingredients that use more dry shelf stable things for recipes later in the week like Thursday and Friday. But that being said, stock up on frozen or canned goods as backups. I promise you they are just as nutritious. And you can freeze foods that are about to go bad. A common misconception is that just because you buy a bunch of fruits and veggies and don't eat them in time, that you just throw them away. No, right before they're about to go bad, if you know you're not gonna eat them because, hey, you took time and planned out your meals and they're not in there, you can freeze them. Fruits, veggies, greens, beans, chilies, soups, casseroles, just wrap them up and freeze them you can have that for a backup meal next week or if you don't get around to planning. So those are my five 
meal planning strategy step Again, if you want to get the calendar that we use, just go enter your email at go.orlandodietitian.com backslash meal plan, and you can get that handy dandy calendar. I swear by this. And if you want additional help and you're not really sure how to get started with meal planning and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're not really sure like what you should be eating and how much you should be eating and your macros and your calories and blah, 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 all of those things, well, guess what? That's me and Megan's specialty. This is what we do. This is what we can help you with. So go ahead and apply for DAP. Even if you're not sure about DAP, it's an easy way to get in touch with us. That application link is down below. And we can't wait to read your application. Just make a little note in the boxes that you heard this episode on the podcast and you want more information. Well, I'm going to sign off now because I've been talking a lot all by myself and your girl's thirsty. I will see you guys on the next episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real and keep it healthy.